Welcome to the eTeach podcast, where we dive deep into all things education. From exploring diverse curriculums to discussing the latest updates in the field, we are here to empower educators and inspire learning. The IB is renowned for its rigorous and holistic approach to education, fostering critical thinking, creativity, and global-mindedness among students. In this episode, we'll uncover the key aspects of the primary years program and the middle years program with Niall Healy, who is the Head of Partial Care at Fairview International College. Just to start off with Niall, just uh, your teething background, who are you, where are you from? Just, yeah, just give me a bit of your overview of your teaching journey. Thank you very much. So I guess uh, I'm originally from Galway in the west of Ireland, um, and there came a time when uh, I chose that you know PE teaching particularly was going to be my uh, was going to be my career. So I, I moved to the UK. So and originally did a, a degree in sports science and education, uh, and went on to do uh, a postgraduate study in uh, primary education. Later going on then to work a, at uh, Orley Farm School, which is a feeder school for, to, for Harrow School. Um, and that was my the first few years of my teaching career. And just around that time, I had seen a few friends and those who had been uh, at university with me. And they had uh, gone to explore the international teaching game. A couple had gone to the Dominican Republic, two had gone to, to Thailand, one had gone to the Middle East. And I thought, wow, they these guys are having incredible adventures. Uh, it's uh, I've always had a a love and a passion for travel. So to be able to combine my career with my passion was was you know it it, it was something that I couldn't turn down. Um, and so I looked into the opportunities abroad, uh, and that brought me to the Middle East. And I taught at uh, three different international schools in the in the Middle East. Um, and I have spent, I guess, the majority of my my 14 year teaching career within the international education sector. Uh, I'm very grateful for the experiences that I've had, taught students from, you know, every corner of the globe, had yeah. dealings with teachers and parents from all over the world, um, had various different international days and celebration days uh, of cultures coming together. Um, and when I looked at returning to the to the UK with my wife, one of the big things was, well, we want to continue the experiences we've had from abroad rather yep. than rather than just park them at the side and say, you know, that was a great time in my life. We actually yeah. felt felt so passionate that I think it had to be some type of an international school that we moved to next. Uh, and I, th- I guess the stars aligned because a, a new IB school was opening up in Stirling, Scotland, right in the heart of Scotland. And uh, my wife is from the, the Shetland Islands. And we thought, well, that's that has got to be the experience for us. If ever there um, was faith. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it, it absolutely felt like that. I remember just the uh, the the ads uh, cropping up and I just thought I rang my wife straight away and I thought, well, this has got our names written all over it. Um, and so we applied to to become members of, uh, of Fairview International School, you know, founding founding teachers. Um, and so we made the transition back from the Middle East, was safe in the knowledge that our careers in international education were, yeah. were, were continuing. I think um, there is, there is, there is such a, um, the, the richness that you get being exposed to so many different cultures. And as you said, you mentioned it earlier, just it's not only just the children that you're teaching, it's the teachers that you're teaching with, it's the parents that you're dealing with, because you also 
the amount that you learn in in the world of education, just dealing with parents and teachers from different backgrounds and different countries and different values and belief systems, it really it really enriches you as a teacher. And once you want that whole term lifelong learning, it couldn't be more adept in, in um, international schools. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. And I think that was, you know, to trace it back a little bit further, I think that was one of the major learnings for me as a person when I moved from a very small rural village in Galway in the west of Ireland to a very diverse uh, city in London. I mean, that was a huge change at, uh, you know, at 18 years of age. But it was it, it really opened up the mind. And I guess, you know, that is right at the core of the international baccalaureate system is being open-minded and open to different cultures and backgrounds and bringing people together and finding points of connection and that is to me that is where real education can happen Um, and not not only for the students but us as teachers we continue on that journey because we meet people from from different parts of the world and mm. we we connect with them and we share experiences with them. Uh, and I feel very fortunate that, uh, you know, I've been able to travel to many areas of the world from Dubai, but also meet people from different cultures and backgrounds. Yeah. Um, and now I kind of look at my, my friendship group, which was, you know, initially just my small little village back home, but is now people who are in Scandinavia, the Middle East, North America, South America. And I think that's... And you never lose those connections. Cool. You really never lose those connections. And it's so wonderful, um, you know, even when they're traveling or you're traveling, you've always, you've always got like a home base or, you know, let's, let's meet up. So that's, that's the wonderful thing about teaching. Um, okay, so IB, one of the only curriculums purely based on a philosophy. It is wonderful. It's about skill set and not about content. Um, which was the first school you were exposed into it? And you as a teacher, not having been trained in it, how did you start teaching IB? Yeah, so really good question. And I think the uh, my first exposure to the IB was there are many different and very, very good uh, IB schools in Dubai. Uh, yes. So when I was enrolled in my uh, master's in education at Middlesex University, we had a, a number of different uh, night classes that we went to. Uh, so I was working within a, a group and a cohort, many of whom were working at IB schools. And very, very quickly, the you know, the, the, the seed was sown for me in terms mm. of all the exciting things that they were doing. Combine that with my wife was working at a, a really great IB school uh, in Dubai. And I thought, wow, this is definitely my natural uh, next step. So yep. when so in, in joining Fairview as a, as a non-IB teacher, I went through a process uh, of training. Uh, okay. I'm very fortunate with the, the group that I work for, Fairview. We have five established IB campuses in Malaysia. So I had a number of different trainings uh, with members of staff there to ensure That's that excellent. I was yeah, to ensure that I was fully upskilled for when So you went to Malaysia? No, we were able oh, was to. Was it online, virtual? Yeah, it was online. Yeah, it was virtual. Uh, and that's that's still something that I'm engaged to to this day. So four okay. years later, I still have different training touch points with my colleagues in Malaysia, where we're exploring, okay. you know, different different units, different teaching ideas, different projects. Um, yeah. And so that 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 learning journey is is still continuing. Um, and that was 
that was my first journey into the IB. Uh, and so the school that I that I work in now, Fairview International School in Bridge of Allen, we are uh, an IB school, but some of our teachers have previously worked in IB schools. Others have come from from different education systems, but we have a, a very structured training program for teachers so that when they uh, when they join the team, they uh, they are enrolled in different training programs uh, that upskill them in all the different practices of the IB. So what I'm hearing is continual opportunities for professional development, CPD, collaboration across countries, really, to make sure that you're constantly upskilled. And I think that's what's so exciting about the IB, because it is not purely content based. There is um, it's. I think it, one of the, the subjects that is theory of knowledge, I don't know if you call it a subject, sure. but, you know, yeah. one of the the aspects of it, it, it's just that continuous what's next, um, the, the skill set, the analyzing, interpreting, dissecting. Um, that's really exciting. So I know a little bit about the, the diploma side of things, but when we come to primary years and middle years, how does it work? Because I know with diploma, they have to take like six subjects and then how how is how is it what is pyp and myp if you can just give me a brief overview of the two sure so so the pyp is uh, an acronym for the primary years program uh, and essentially you have it typically from for students who are aged five to eleven uh, and then myp acronym for middle years program typically for is a five-year program typically for students aged uh, 11 to 16 and that is then the perfect preparation for uh, the diploma program which is the pre-university uh, program that the IB offers so yeah. in, in terms of in terms of PYP you uh, you know students spend, uh, the large majority of their of their time with their uh, homeroom teacher or form teacher, if you like, um, where they will study uh, English and maths, but also a, a unit of inquiry. So a unit of inquiry can take up, uh, it can touch on many different uh, subject areas. There could be a uh, a science element. There could be almost okay. a, a, a social subject, a social studies or humanities aspect to this to the study. So things like uh, human rights, for example. There could be very much a focus on environment. So caring for our planet is one. How we express ourselves. There are many different transdisciplinary themes that run okay. through the, the the primary years program. Uh, and I guess the big point of difference for the PYP compared to what you may encounter in other curriculums is the, the teaching is very much driven by the student interests. Uh -huh. so, you, so the teachers and the classes go through uh, a, a process of tuning in and finding out would be two of, the, two of the terms used with the students. And essentially you are finding out, well, what do the students already know, but yep. also what are they really keen to find out during a six week or eight week study of, of a year. I love that. Um, I absolutely love that. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the learning is left uh, very, very open uh, and, a, and a big facet of um, the IB teaching is for particularly for PYP is then a celebration of learning at the end of a unit. So essentially you have and it's one of my favorite, favorite days of a, of a learning quarter, typically where you have all our parents in on campus and there's just oh, this wow. amazing. Oh, there's just this amazing buzz and energy as the 
the parents come round and they are generally genuinely blown away by what their students have been learning, the depth of their research, the questions that they've asked, the research that they've found, the yep. topics that they've discussed with their peers. Uh, and it's multimedia as well. So, you know, be it going to the library, be it using the iPads, be it getting out into, uh, we, you know, we're, we're, we're quite fortunate here. We have uh, a forest schools program that is uh, oh, in its lovely. infancy and running. So there are so many different uh, medium by which the students learn. Um, and when they present uh, that learning, uh, you know, I've, I've run out of counting the amount of times where parents have said to me, I'm just so impressed with what my son or my daughter has has learned over this six week period, eight week period, whatever it might be. I, I think it, it's it's always that that moment where the penny really drops for the parents of where their their learning is real life. It's contextualized. It's it's personal to them. Uh, and they've had a real say in the process all the way up along as well. That's the bit that really stands out, perhaps from other curricula, which is a lot more dictated to the student. The student has a very active voice in an IB learning program, particularly within the PYP. So I can I can literally hear the excitement coming off your voice when you're talking about <laughs> the days of celebration. I'm just I can just um I think it's it's seeing when a when a child has taken that ownership for their learning and is able to be so proud of what they achieved. And it's not all attached. Oh, I only got 60% for a maths test, for example. It's like I have completely, you know, dived in and I, I feel I feel proud of what it is that I've understood or been able to research. So if I understand correctly, there's no, besides maths and English, there's no maths, science, his, uh, history, geography. It's all chance inter-curricular. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and there is yeah there is a little bit of variation there from you know from school you know from one IB school to another, but okay, um, you know okay, so there's not a set way of doing it really. Uh, not 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 particularly. There there is you know there is a, a you know an IB framework. Uh, so the students at our school, for example, would study uh, Mandarin. Uh, you know, again, depending on where you are in the world, that might be a, a different language. Our students would do uh, coding, they do design, they do art, uh, they have physical education. There are all these different aspects to the program as well. But very importantly, they're all they're all connected with the transdisciplinary theme that uh, the students are exploring in class. So an example of that might be, well, the unit of, or sorry, the, the, the theme of how we express ourselves. Well, in a physical education context, and that would be my uh, my area of specialism, how we express ourselves, that could be dance. That could be dance from different cultures. That could Love be, it. you know, different, different groups of students going off to explore uh, different cultural dances and the meaning of cultural dances in different parts of the world. And then alongside that, well, they may be looking at what musical pieces go with that, go with that dance. And that is where the connection between the music department and the PE department is hugely oh, important. That's so extraordinary. Have, yeah. So you have those uh, regular collaborative planning sessions as well in the primary where it's not just the homeroom teacher you know, uh, teaching from a prescribed curriculum, they're actually connecting with their their peers uh, that they're working alongside to say, ah, okay, how we express ourselves? What's that going to look like in Mandarin? What's going to what's it going to mm. look like in PE? What's it going to look like in music? And then almost organically, you have these connections building up, and 
uh, teaching practices that are complementary of one another. So the students are going into much greater depth. And I guess, you know, there's so much science around, well, learning is best when it's done through connections across different subjects. And that is okay, where Jim. that is where the IB, in my mind, certainly uh, really get it right. Uh, yeah, and, and I think it, it far exceeds, for... it allows for, I think, you know, we, we keep talking about how regular traditional schooling isn't moving as fast as the rest of the world. And I think when you look at curriculum such as the IB, it is it is thinking about that next step. It is thinking about we are we are guiding these children to the next generation. And it's not about what date they remember. It's about the skills that they learn on the way. So for, you know, it's it's very much like I would say stem way of thinking me with my science and maths background mm -hmm. it's it's all about the diving in analyzing interpreting and it was just it was another question i was going to ask you i'm going off topic now completely but the chat gbt that was um completely allowed instantly with not much even like time had gone past by the ib when they made a statement we're like well we'll allow it and i was like because they're forward thinking and because they're thinking of the future what are your thoughts on that Absolutely right. And, you know, that, that was a big, uh, a big talking point within various yeah. different uh, IB groups that I'm a, a member of. And I, I guess the, the mindset was, well, this is technology that is going to be out there. Uh, well, let's embrace it. You know, let's stay true They're to They're going our... to be use it if we like it or not. So why not Precisely. embrace Exactly. Yeah. So I think the, the yeah. philosophy was very much, you know, let's embrace it and turn it into turn it into a positive. And I think, you know, different things that are out there in terms of uh, societal issues or environmental issues. The, the IB, I feel, is very uh, consistent in that regard in terms of how they approach it. They approach it from a, a learning standpoint. They embrace it. They take it on. And I think, you know, the the uh, artificial intelligence and the different technologies that are coming on board. That is just yet another example of, mm -hmm. uh, of of exactly that. And I think for any you know potential prospective parents out there that might be uh, listening to our conversation and thinking about uh, enrolling their their son or daughter in an IB school, mm -hmm. one of the things that I would really encourage them to look at is another key aspect of. The curriculum framework in the in the IB is the ATL skills or approaches to learning skills. Okay. So as a as a PE teacher, I'm encouraged just as much to teach the skills of communication and the social skills and the research skills just as much as I am, you know, the actual skills required for a game of football or basketball or, yeah. uh, you know, creating a gymnastics routine or a dance routine, etc. So to have those uh interlinked and to have them right at the center of our uh teaching and learning focus is hugely impactful for the students that have those experiences um and i guess for them to flow as a continuum right across the three ib programs uh i guess the overall outcome of that is the ib learners are fabulous at taking initiative for their learning they are they have been encouraged for many years to take action based on their research and their learning. So a really good example that probably springs to mind is uh, one of our primary classes at the end of a unit created a, created a friendship bench and it's still out in our, in our, in our school to this oh, day. Lovely. So, so having had a look at different, uh, different social issues, having had a look at uh, inclusion and diversity and 
topics that are you know real really there in terms of mainstream yeah. media uh yeah. they they would have had a you know a look at these things within their learning unit well what's the action that we're going to take you know how as a class can we have a positive impact on the world and you know in our local context in our international context uh and these are the kind of questions that we would be asking our students so for them to you know go away get the resources ask the head teacher get the uh, uh the paints and all the different materials that they needed to create a friendship bench for a more inclusive school community that was student requested students driven students initiative uh, and it's students they. Going for it. yeah yeah and that's the thing it's it's their learning is so visible as well because and it's about taking that ownership and the problem solving that goes behind it you know and also the understanding of the emotion attached to inclusion and diversity so that that is just it's wonderful um you mentioned why parents would send children to a school that follows the ib um another thing parents would be really interested in is great they're doing all these fabulous things at school how do i know what they've done at the end of term. I'm not going to get a percentage per se. I'm not too sure how it works. Is it how how is the assessment done and how is the reporting done? Well, I think a big thing uh, within the IB is in order to meet all the different requirements of the programme, you are very much encouraged um, to have regular workshops with parents on different okay. as aspects of the programme. So every parent at my current school would have had a workshop on exactly what our assessments look like, exactly what our reporting cycle looks like, and exactly what our different uh, grading systems and boundaries and what they look like. So you have that wider understanding of the, you, you know, your, your son or your daughter as they progress through school um, and you have various different touch points then in terms of parent teacher conferences, uh, you know, school reporting and in terms of assessment, uh, if I was to take the middle years program, for example, generally uh, you have uh, four criterion. So you have mm -hmm. four different uh, aspects of each subject that are assessed uh, and the assessments then are done uh, on a quarterly basis. So if you think of the, the academic year is divided into four rather than maybe typically three, yep. um, then you have uh, a form of assessment feedback uh, at four different points in the year. Now, that could be uh, a report and parent-teacher conference or one of the two. It, it, again, that, that would be school dependent. But you are, you know, the students are graded on a, on a one to eight scale, um, okay. with, uh, with eight being obviously the highest. Um, and then there are various different uh, criterion and rubrics associated with. I was just about to ask, how do you measure number. that one to eight scale? Okay, yeah. so it's the so, rubrics attached and criteria. Yes, exactly. Um, and then you know each subject will have you know their own um, criterion descriptors and how they are assessed. Um, and generally you have a, a summative assessment at the end of each quarter. So uh, as teachers, we are encouraged to look at what a student has achieved for a full learning quarter. So you typically are looking at a, a body of eight to nine weeks of work. You're yeah. looking at not only just a, a final summative assessment, but also they may have done it in terms of a, a research project or a, a yeah. science experiment or a presentation. All of these factors get credit when it comes and to so the, the final assessment. Th that eight to nine weeks would be 
really like your traditional like formative assessment really so it's continual and it's on a daily basis and touching base and verbal feedback i'm sure also goes into that with the ib absolutely so you yeah. have you have you know a, a constant ream of, of of verbal and written feedback then to allow students to know what their next steps are in their learning they will obviously have their their prior data from the previous quarter they will be set some targets they will be re regularly receiving uh, feedback from their teachers in regards to that. And then ultimately, uh, you know, a student report will break that down into, uh, you know, manageable steps in terms of what comes next with their learning. Um, that, it's just it all just sounds excellent. Um, just on the parent teacher conferences. Um, uh, is it student led just as much as uh, the the courses are or how does it work or is it um, also quite traditional? Again, at the at a school's discretion, what we tend to have is is one of each. Uh, so we would have okay. uh, our initial first one in terms of building up that that teacher uh, relationship, teacher parent relationship. Yeah, is huge hugely important, and it is a real uh, focus focus on academics as well as the well being of the of the of the child. Pastoral overview. From, yeah, from a, from a holistic side, um, and then also we would have three way conferences, and, and they are. Uh, hugely important and yes. the stu student voice I, and again across the IB the student mm. voice is very well uh, very well respected it's it's hugely uh, encouraged and valued that the students not only have uh, input in terms of um, how their learning units are designed but also they have a very active voice in being able to reflect uh, on their own progress and set targets for for upcoming learning as well. So I guess yeah. that would be in if I was to analyze maybe a, a comparison of different curricula that I've taught, I would say that within the IB, the students have the most powerful voice in terms of not only their their day to day learning, but also uh, um, I guess the, the direction that the school is taking on a, on a wider wider standpoint, uh, yeah. the student voice is really uh, recognised and respected in that regard. Yeah, I just think that's excellent. I think so often the um, we get to these situations within the term that it's you know about the students and we want them to take ownership of their learning, but then we really cut them off by the knees because then we're chatting only with their parents about their their progress or what they need to do to improve and stuff. And the student voice, if we want to give them this kind of accountability for their learning, they should be there for those conversations. They should be there. They are the ones that are sitting with you 24 seven and not with their parents. So I think it is so empowering for all three, you know, as um, across the board. Um, mm -hmm. I just could, I couldn't recommend the IB highly enough. Last question, um, appreciate we are at school times. So um, if there was a teacher that was looking to get into an IB school, and for example, a lot of the times, uh, in most cases, we get really, really excellent teachers, but they don't even get considered for jobs because they don't have IB experience. What what advice would you give to teachers that are interested in it or looking to get into an IB school? Yeah, well, I guess I, I guess that goes right back to you know what you hold dear in terms of your your educational philosophy. Some yeah. some teachers that I've worked with, you know, really want very very clear uh, boundaries and structures and systems and routines, and I can understand that and appreciate it. Others really want to embrace. Uh, creativity and openness and what we would call it within the IB student agency. So again, that student voice that I spoke about, 
Um, and I guess if you want to have, you know, that creativity and that forward thinking um, uh, delivery in terms of your practice, then the IV is very much for you. And there are various different uh, uh, trainings and research that the IB provides. It has a very, very uh, comprehensive library of different professional development courses that you could do to prepare yourself to even join uh, an IB school. And that's um, on the IB website. No? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. I've had a look through some of them. It looks like there there is a myriad of opportunities to yes. you know get yourself up to date and educated on the the, the curriculum. Yes, absolutely. And that is a that is a continuum right from, you know, those those early steps in terms of learning about what an IB framework is right yes. through to expertise in terms of leading well-being or leading different aspects of assessment or uh, teaching and learning, whatever it might be. So that is a that is very much our kind of go to in terms of a, a professional development portal. We have a, a balance between internal professional development, but also tapping into the, the various different uh, professional development courses that are on offer from the IB to enhance our specialisms within different parts of the of the program. So I guess, you know, if somebody was thinking about it as a move for the first time, I would say, number one, have a look at the type of teacher that you want to be. If you are that, you know, that creative spark, if it is something that you want to really value, the students, the students having a very active voice in terms of their learning, then yeah. Have a have a look on the uh, the IBO website, uh, and there are you know plenty of plenty of courses there that could be uh, could be beneficial both from a, a primary standpoint or a more high school or secondary school standpoint as well. Yeah. Um, and that is you know that alongside some professional reading uh, and discussion with with peers who who work in IB schools. We'll, we'll give you a really good insight in terms of if it's if it's for you or, or, or if it's not. All I can speak for maybe is my own experience. Uh, and I'm so glad that I, I did have those conversations with uh, colleagues of my master's and, you know, friends in Dubai and yes. so on. Um, you know, my cousins have also come through the IB system in Hong Kong. Um, and the more that I, I got a, just a, a flavor for it, the more I was intrigued, the more reading that I did. Yep. Um, the more professional development that I did, and then I felt ready. Uh, I felt ready to embrace it, um, and it's just given me really a, a new lease of life when it comes to, to to my career and the the energy and the drive and the passion that I can get across to the students that I teach day to day. So uh, I guess in summary, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. <laughs> well, um, after our first chat, and definitely after this chat, I'm feeling really inspired about it. So, Niall, I'm I'm so grateful for your time this afternoon. I really, I'm excited for people to hear this because I think they're going to be just as inspired. And the excitement that you had when you spoke about that celebration of learning, if a teacher can feel that once a day, then then there is no explanation needed to why we do what we do. So, um, yes, Niall, thank you so much. Fabulous. Thank you so much.